Welcome back to a new episode of the All Things Croatia podcast. I'm your host, Stan Kozovac. Born and raised in Los Angeles, I'm now living in Zagreb and studying the Croatian language. Before we start, just do me a favor and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening, as well as the Facebook and Instagram page. In this series, I'll be talking with people both in the homeland and around the globe who have connections to Croatia. We'll hear from startups, returning diaspora, musicians and athletes, and the biggest Croatian celebrities that will return my calls. But enough about me. Idem Moldalje, and let's get started. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today, our special guest is Natalie Francesca. Uh, Natalie is an Australian Croat who spent many summers along the Dalmatian coast as a kid. Uh, she is a children's book author who recently published a book called My Grandma is Like the Sea and has a blog where she shares resources and inspiration to help families along the parenting journey. Uh, in this episode, we'll hear all about that and more, including the Croatian inspiration behind her book. Uh, Natalie, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's my pleasure and greetings from the land down under. Awesome to have you on. Um, usually I like to start with the guests giving a little bit of the Croatian background, just so, you know, us listeners have some base knowledge to go off of. Cool. No worries, Danko. All right. So I was born in Sydney, Australia, to parents who were born in Croatia. So my father, Damir, was born in Dubrovnik, hailing from Maliston. For those of you who aren't so familiar with Maliston, it's actually quite well known for its oysters. Uh, so my family have been farming oysters sustainably there for quite a long time. Now, the Ostrea Edulis Oyster from Maliston actually won the Grand Prix and gold medal at the General Trades International Exhibition in London in 1936. And to my knowledge, it is also the 28th Croatian product to receive the European Protected Designation of Origin. Now, as for my mom, my mother's name is Yasminka. She was born in Puknat on the beautiful island of Korčula, which is home to the most exquisite beach called Puknatska Luka. And uh, there's also a huge celebration there every summer for Gorsport Sniga, a lady of snow, which is, which is quite fun. You know, it's funny that you mentioned, um, well, not that you mentioned, I guess I asked, but you said your dad is from Molly Stone and, you know, you started talking about the oysters. Actually, tomorrow I'm interviewing with the tourist board of Molly Stone and I wanted to ask them <laughs> about the oysters. Oh, brilliant. Good on you. <laughs> yeah, so you tried them. You, you've been over there, I'm assuming, and, and you've eaten them. Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, well, so my grandparents, um, most of the time, pretty much lived in Maliston and they'd go back and forth here and there between Sydney and Maliston. Um, so I'm very familiar with the oysters through my grandparents and they are pretty good. So you must try some while you're there. Yes, I'll have to this summer for sure. And uh, <laughs> you're very lucky to have roots from, you know, Peljašac and Korčula, some of the most beautiful places in Croatia. Yes, exactly. Oh, it's beautiful. The whole, the whole country is gorgeous, but um, I'm yeah, I'm very much connected with my roots there. So, And so when did your parents come to Australia? Yes, yeah, so my father Damir left for Australia in 1967 with his mother and brother on a ship called Angelina Lauro to reunite with his father Ivo and establish a new way of life here in Sydney, Australia. Um, you know, I love hearing the stories and about their time abroad and I'm told that a lot of dancing occurred um, whilst on Angelina Laudor 
And interestingly, the journey took longer as they had to go around the Suez Canal at the time because it was blocked. Um, as for my mother, her story is quite similar to that of my father's. So my mom, Yasminka, left for Australia in 1971 with her mom and sister also reuniting with her father, Nicola, in Sydney. Wow. I want to ask about the um, boat ride. Do you know actually how long that took in total? Oh, um, the boat ride, was it three to six months? Oof. Either three or six months. Yeah, months, let's yeah, just say. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that just yeah, saying months. months. <laughs> That's yeah. all you need to describe it. Yeah, that sounds horrible to me. I know. I imagine being on a ship for months. No, I can't either. But um, look, I don't know. They do have some fond memories. Oh, my dad still has some fond memories of his time on the ship, so... Yeah, well, I'm sure you've heard a lot of stories about, you know, the, the migration. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And for other, from other um, family members as well. So like cousins and great aunts, great uncles. Yeah. And do you have maybe any, any favorite quick stories you would like to share? Or maybe about the dancing? To explain that a little uh, bit. Well, with the dancing, my father was, you know, still a young boy and, you know, they were on their way to see um, his father in Sydney and my grandmother would always get invited to, you know, go to these dances, say, with her friend and my father didn't like it <laughs> because he was like, oh, no, you've got to, like, just stay with me and reunite with Dad, like, don't go dancing. <laughs> Not that anything would happen. <laughs> but yeah. he was quite protective of his mom, so it was cute. <laughs> Oh, yeah, thank yeah. you for sharing that. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was your childhood like growing up? Because, you know, I saw in your biography online on your blog that you spent a lot of time swimming on the Dalmatian coast. So were you able to travel over there a lot as a kid? Yeah, so look, pretty much um, my, my, I always had a, my grandparents, um, my paternal grandparents uh, lived in Marlistone and we would sort of go back and forth each summer to visit them. Um, my mom's parents also would move between Sydney and Cortula. So, again, we would spend many summers with them when they were there as well. Um, and to be honest, my childhood was rather idyllic. Um, I, I also, obviously, connecting back with my book, My Grandma's Like the Sea, I always had a great appreciation for the sea from a young age. The first time I went back to Croatia was towards the end of the Homeland War. And um, despite any hardship, uh, my grandparents there, my grandparents through my father's side, made us feel very loved and really from a young age taught us to value the simple things in life. So I found the sea itself to be very calming, nurturing and freeing. And it was just surrounded by family, really, a lot of unstructured playtime, um, yeah, I had a big imagination. I was very energetic. <laughs> I felt right at home there. So, Yeah, that's really a blessing to be able to be over there, especially in those places, you know, along the coast. And uh, yeah, I wish I wish as a kid I got to go. Um, I didn't really get to go until I was, I think, 20. And then I, you know, went two times. And then now I've been here for over a year. So I'm definitely blessed now. But yeah, as a kid, I always wanted to, you know, exactly what you described kind of <laughs> be able to go over there spend the summer and swim and you know, yeah. be in the sun. Yeah, that's really cool to have that experience growing up. 
Yeah, I found it. I, I, I believe, like, for me, it was very grounding as well. What was it like when you were back in Australia, in Sydney, right? Well, look, in Sydney, um, again, like in Croatia, I was always surrounded by family and my parents really allowed us to just be kids. Um, again, I played a lot with my cousins, my brother. Um, I used to, here in Sydney, I used to make up plays to perform in front of my family and in time, tennis also became a big part of my life. Um, my mother and family loved the surf as well the beach and so over here in Sydney we spent a lot of time at the beach catching waves with my dad mm. oh, that sounds fun yeah. yeah you mentioned tennis um I saw that you were what a competitive tennis player right yeah so as a junior I played competitive tennis and I traveled around Australia playing tournaments and so from a young age I, I saw firsthand um you know how our state of mind can affect our experiences in life such as tennis so tennis, actually, I feel like it's taught me a lot. Um, and unfortunately, I experienced burnout in my early teens, but I can now see, you know, how it's impacted my interest in the power of the mind, generally speaking. And um, off that, some years ago, I studied NLP. I don't know if you're familiar with that, um, neuro-linguistic mm, programming. It's pretty much um, just teaches you how perception creates experience and dives into the conscious and sort of the subconscious mental processes to achieve sort of behavioral changes and um, sort of beneficial emotional states, that sort of thing. And how, how did you get into that through tennis? During like your trainings or your games, you no, realized something in your mentality or what? I think based on like how like tennis is such a mind game and from my experience, you know, after that, I started to like really be interested in the mind pretty much. Um, and it wasn't actually until some years ago, a few years ago, really, that I sort of started diving in a bit deeper into that. And then I studied NLP then. I wish I had done it earlier, but <laughs> yeah, quite interesting, actually. I, if I don't know if I read correctly, I'm forgetting now, but did you get a degree in that from what the University of Sydney or... Maybe yeah, I'm mixing no, no. things up. So, yeah, that's okay. No, I went to um, University of Technology, Sydney, and there I studied um, business, Bachelor of Business. Uh, so a little bit different, but I was always interested in psychology. That was an option that I had, but I dived down the business path instead. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then, you know, back to sort of your childhood and, and growing up and even there now, um, since you're still in Sydney, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are you, is there a Croatian uh, community over there that you're involved in or growing up? Were you at all with your parents? Yeah, look, um, so my father here and there, he would play um, in a band. He played the guitar in a band and um, he would actually perform a lot, you know, Croatian weddings and that sort of thing. So there was always like a lot of family and friends through his connections there that would always be around us. Um, we had a big family. And then, you know, there was also just a lot of like community barbecues growing up and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, but these days I've got a younger son um, who's four now and I take him to the Croatian club. Um, they have you know, the kids there, they can play soccer, do dancing, and really get involved um, in the community here as well, which is nice. Uh, yeah, very cool. Yeah, so you're 
able to um well has he been able to go to croatia yet i'm assuming not yeah. with the restrictions uh, over there lately I, oh yeah 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 i took him i pretty much took him before he turned one <laughs> Wow. So, <laughs> as soon as I could, I was like, yep, we're going. Now I took him to visit <laughs> I took him to visit his great grandfather Ivo. He's named after his great grandfather. Um and then the year after I took him as well, and then the whole onset of the COVID pandemic hit. So unfortunately unfortunately, not recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. it sounds like you're trying to give him the same uh, childhood that you got, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, just the grounding and, um, yeah, I'm trying my best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's get into your book now, you know, talking about all of this. Uh, how, how did you get the idea to write a book? And I, I guess you've been, you're a children's book author, so you, you've written books before? Well, actually, um, look, it goes back quite a while. So as a young child myself, I was always writing plays and lyrics for my family, And uh, when I was in primary school, my mother was approached to publish a story I had written. So it took some time for me to actually follow this through. And upon having my son, I finally wrote and published my grandma's like the sea children's book. So that is my first published book. Hmm. And then since then, you've come out with others? Uh, I'm in the process of writing the sequel. Yeah. Ah, very cool, very cool. Can't, yeah, can't say too much right now, but um, I'm working with the, the illustrator and I hope to have that out uh, towards the end of the year. Oh, nice. Okay, well, we won't leak anything here. Yeah. <laughs> Try but, not uh, to. Talk, talk a little about My Grandma is Like the Sea. You know, what is it about and where'd you come up with the inspiration for that? Well, okay, so firstly, what's it about? The story follows a little girl and her grandmother who explore the sea and share unconditional love. So for me, I pretty much embraced the things I love most, you know, my family, the sea, my culture, and uh, naturally it came together. Um, Pretty much in a nutshell, my grandmothers were the biggest inspiration for the story. So I lost my paternal grandmother, my Baba Cheska, some weeks before giving birth to my son, and she always encouraged me to write. And so the story really allows me to pay tribute to my grandmothers, um, you know, ancestors and culture, as well as my love for the sea, the Dalmatian coast, you know, in a way that can be passed down to my son and current and future generations. Yeah, that's very cool. That's a um, very good way to, um, you know, pay tribute. Yeah. To, to thank them for, you know, everything that they've done for you. That's um, it. What what kind of feedback have you gotten from the book? Have you had a lot of people saying, oh, you know, I feel the same way, this really hits home and things like that? Yeah, lots. Well, I actually released it um, when we were in lockdown here in Sydney and um, I had mothers and even grandmothers come back to me and say, oh, we can't visit our grandchildren, you know, mom saying oh I can't um my child can't visit you know their grandmother uh right now because of the lockdown and you know they were reading the book over the phone so it was really a nice way of connecting people together um so that was nice another thing for me is that in some ways it's been like a walk down memory lane I've had um certain people from my childhood that have come across the book and have contacted me in one way or another and said, are you that Natalie I used to play with, you know, during our summers in Croatia? You know, forgive me if I'm wrong. And um, so it's been 
it's just been really nice. Oh wow, people from Croatia yeah, when you were a kid. Yes, wow. Yes, <laughs> from my childhood and I and yeah, certain like certain you know, certain people I thought I'd never see them again and I used to wonder oh, like I wonder if they'll come back, you know, to have a play. You know, we used to play together, go swimming and they've come across the book and it was just like phenomenal. Wow, so you've really yeah. been able to reconnect with people through Yeah, all around the world. It's been really nice. That's really cool. Um, you, your illustrator, the, the lady who illustrated your book is Sanya Kolenko. Correct. She's Croatian as well. How did you get in contact with her? Yeah, so Sanya Kolenko, she was born in Varaždin in northern Croatia. Um, look, I wanted to settle on an illustrator that just felt right. Um, initially, I joined Facebook groups. I did online research. I asked all the questions and then ultimately I came across her work on Instagram and we connected online and um, she was just the perfect fit and she really embraced the brief. So we're working together now as well on the sequel. <laughs> but um, she was a teacher prior to becoming a full-time freelance illustrator. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And... So did you reach out to her before you started writing or did you already have it in mind, you know, I'm, I'm writing this and now mm-hmm. I need to try and start finding an illustrator? Uh, look, I wrote the book. The first thing um, was that I wrote the book and then I pretty much had a very clear vision in mind. Um, I really wanted it to, you know, I wanted the Adriatic Sea to really shine through in the illustrations and so I really wanted someone that would deliver upon my brief and, and, and my align with my vision. And so when I found her, it just worked. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it just worked. She, um, she also loves the sea. She'd go, you know, like, my, like many Croatians, she'd um, spend the summers along the coast as well, even though she's from Varaždin. Um, and yeah, she just, understood what I wanted to achieve and we worked in well collaboratively in the end. Yeah. Hmm. And, you know, I was reading some of the reviews on your website about the book and I saw that Dino Raja actually left a review. (laughs) How did you get him to read it? How did you get in contact with him or was that random? How did that happen? No. So so Dino Raja is um, my great uncle and great aunt's nephew. And, um, I grew up actually being given many of those, you know, those signed NBA, I think they're trading cards. Mm, yeah. I don't know if you're into basketball, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a big yeah. fan. So I would collect them all in a folder like his and then amongst some other players and stuff. And um, yeah, so pretty much for me, for the book, I, I collected a few initial reviews. Dina Raja was one of them. And um like Dino, the others that provided the initial reviews also have a connection to the Adriatic Sea and have found success in the world in their own unique ways. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, for those who don't know, which I think I'm pretty sure everyone mm-hmm. listening will know, but Dino Raja, you know, basketball legend, played on the Celtics a few years. Um, it's also, so your book is available online, but it's also available in stores in Dubrovnik, right? Yeah, it's available on Stradun right now, which is the main street um, in Old Town Dubrovnik. Um, so it's available in both bookstores there. And uh, I'm currently in talks about getting it stocked elsewhere 
outside of Dubrovnik. So in Zagreb as well, for example, and in a few other cities along the coast. Ah, oh, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, one more thing about the book before I move to some other topics, but <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering because my mom is actually in the process of writing a, a book and she's never written one before. You know, she has no experience. She just sort of got inspiration one day and started writing it and she doesn't know like when to stop when the book is finished. <laughs> so I was wondering <laughs> if you had any any uh, words of wisdom you could pass on about knowing when it's done? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so <laughs> for me, um, if it, obviously if it just drags out too long and, you know, then it's, I think it's time to stop. But if she's still feeling inspired and, you know, there's still some rich content there, then go for it. <laughs> Okay, yeah, sorry to put you on the spot. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) For me, even with this sequel, if I I found myself like uninspired and not wanting to continue, sometimes it's just best to leave it and then come back to writing another day. There's no point pushing it. But um, if she's she's got it going on and she's just wanting to write and write, then good on her. I mean, I'm sure (laughs) there's some good work there. Yeah. Yeah, I think she just keeps writing and... (laughs) So we'll see. <laughs> thank you for the words of wisdom. Um, well, she you know, needed, speaking of writing, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, she'll need like obviously an editor in the end. <laughs> yeah, you might sure. be able to clean it up and all of that, but um, yeah. Yeah, speaking of writing, um, I wanted to get into an article that you wrote in Croatia Week uh, not too long ago, um, called 20 Teachings and Words of Wisdoms, Words of Wisdom from My Grandmothers," which you know is very similar to. Um, the inspiration behind my grandma's like the sea. Uh, can you talk a little about that? Of course. So that article was shared during lockdown for us here in Sydney, and it was a way for me to reflect on the lives of my babas and teachings and give the readers the space to apply some of the proverbs shared to their own lives and reflect upon the lives of their own grandparents. And, um, you know, I grew up with my babas sharing certain teachings And to be honest, many have probably been passed on for generations. So I just wanted to embrace that and share it with others. Hmm. Can you give a couple of those um, and elaborate a little on them? Okay. Um, So I'll give you a mixture of Croatian and and English. Um, The first one is work every day like you will live forever. Live every day as though it's your last. So this one, I know for a fact that my great-grandmother, my Baba Nike, used to say a lot and it's been passed down. So I guess it's self-explanatory, but I personally see it as work to build a future for your family. So the purpose of working extends beyond oneself. And of course, make the most of each day, enjoy each day, get things off your chest, be honest, follow your passion. Uh, there's there's another one. Um, let's see. How about So this translates to you must look in your own pocket and there you will find a crumb. So we all have flaws. In the end, we are, we are all human. And I'll give you maybe two more. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, let's see. So zirno po zirno pogacha, kamen po kamen palacha. In English, this is similar to uh, many a little makes a mickle. It's pretty much take small efforts day in, day out and work hard to achieve your dreams. And of course, uh, be careful of propu. 
So I hardly leave the back door open, especially with wet hair. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a classic. Every Croatian <laughs> is scared of thropo. <laughs> yeah, from a very young age. <laughs> and were these um, uh, these words of wisdoms that you know you were writing down for a long time, or yeah. or one day you decided to go back and say, you know, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna write all these down that I can remember. No, here and there I would actually jot things down that my, that my um, not just my grandmothers, my grandfathers would say as well, or certain family members, um, you know, like another one my baba would, would say is moglo bit bolje, moglo bit gore, like it could be better, it could be worse. Mm. You know, there's, yeah, so I just jot them all down and like, and similar to like um, my family tree. So over the years I would like compile a family tree and now it's quite extensive actually um so yeah it's just something a little hobby of mine <laughs> yeah I think that's important though especially like the family tree because I think you know in, in my experience like growing up as a kid you know I never really thought about that and you know I guess I wasn't interested in anything like that yeah. but now I'm always asking like my dad yeah. oh so how am I related to this person how who is this person? And and half the time he doesn't even know. And <laughs> so my aunt's been working on a family tree. But I think eventually, um, you know, you, you really start to wonder about these things and wish you had like a map to see to see all the connections. At yeah, least in my experience. That, well, that's it. I tried to um, print mine off the other day, actually, and it was just too much. Like mine's now pages and pages long that I just like numb. Soft copy is good enough. But it's super interesting, especially for me to share, like, with my son um, one day when he starts asking the questions. I think it's it's a nice thing to, you know, at least know where we come from. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that will be a huge blessing for him. Yeah. And I think it's, it's funny that only, like, these generations now seem to be doing that. And before, you know, for the last however many hundreds of years, thousands of years, you know, there's really been... Nothing, I think, for, for most families. You know, I think it's weird that I've sort of been hearing lately, like this current generation or, you know, the generation above us is sort of the first one to start, you know, mapping this and passing it down. I guess it's easier with technology and stuff. But... That's right. And having something more in concrete. You're right. Yeah, I don't know why. Just, yeah, the circle of life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um, when, you know, we've been talking about writing this whole time and we'll talk a little bit more because I want to ask you about your blog, Nala's Den. Um, when did you start that and what's the story behind that? Look, I, I started Nala's Den a few years ago um, purely as a creative outlet, you know, a space to write. I love to write. And um, yeah, so Nala's Den's space to write out any ideas on navigating the journey of motherhood. And um, now it's also a platform to share my children's picture book, My Grandma is Like the Sea. Um, and as for the name, Nala is my nickname. So certain family members call me that. I also really liked The Lion King growing up and Den is symbolic for home. Yeah, good symbolism there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I noticed you also had some construction projects on there. Yeah, so... For the last 10 or so years, I've been working in construction, so in commercial construction, um, so commercial construction projects. And so I always like, you know, coming up with crafty solutions and 
DIY sort of projects around the home. So again, it's just an outlet for me to write and share. Mm-hmm. And some of those are, well, I guess all those projects, all those projects are um, sort of construction projects for, you know, families to do together or parents and their kids. Yeah. So on the blog, on the blog itself, um, what I share, it's more like, uh, you know, build your own mud kitchen with your child if you can. And then there's like on another scale, you know, make your own Play-Doh with your kids, you know, like that sort of thing. So just crafty sort of solutions if people are interested. It sounds like you have the entry level and the, uh, yeah, <laughs> the and high the... level experience. <laughs> yeah, different skill skills level. <laughs> what sort of future plans do you have with Nala's Den? Um, look, I'd like to use it as a platform for my sequel to be available on as well. Um, some more, a combination of both Croatian and English articles. Um, so it's a good way for me to sort of keep up and practice my Croatian as well. And in honor of my grandma's like the Sea Children's book, uh, share some more, which I've just started, Site C Croatia articles covering some hidden gems and treasures in Croatia. And yeah, I'd say that's the direction. Hmm. And and how good is your Croatian right now? Was it better before? Is it the best it's been right now? Oh, it, it always improves upon actually going to Croatia. I, I for me, it's like hmm. nothing quite like immersing yourself, like in the actual in Croatia, you know, with people and all of that, and speaking there. As for here at home. I'd predominantly speak with both sets of grandparents, you know, growing up. And, um, but for me, I'd have like my mom's side of family, my mom's family are from Kortula. And so their dialect is more from sort of from there. And then my dad's side, um, coming from that like Pelishas Dubrovnik sort of region, I'd sort of change words, if you know what I mean. Like for my mom, yeah, there's a bit of an Italian influence, like for, window she'd say like um uh punestra which is like uh, finestra i believe in italian and then my dad would say prozor so like Mm. certain differences yeah how do you say a plate you say piat piat yeah Yeah. and i think it's proper i don't know if i could if it's right to say proper croatian but um they they say something different. I know that. <laughs> yeah, I guess standard is it, Croatian. Is it tanjur? tanjur? Yeah, tanjur. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I've got a horrible time with the dialects. <laughs> well, you're up in Zagreb, right? So you're are you you're you're picking up that sort of you know yeah. dialect up there, yeah. I'm even, but I'm learning. I'm in a classroom learning, and we're learning like the standard. And then when mm. I'm like out in the streets, you know, they're saying all this slang, Kai, and oh, all, that, Kai. all this stuff. And yeah. so <laughs> for me, Kai, it's like really right. hard to wrap my mind around the differences. And then, you know, I feel like I have to learn a different word for every dialect. So <laughs> oh, it's, I know. it's hard for me to have conversations, <laughs> but I've got the ordering down at restaurants. So that I'm pretty good at. <laughs> I think uh, like confidence is a big thing as well. Just actually just giving it a go. And it is what it is. Like, you know, you'll get yeah. there in the end. But if you hold yourself back, then it's hard. It's harder to learn. Yeah, that's true. I think one problem for me is that, like, since I'm learning in a classroom, when I try to talk, I'm always thinking about, like, the grammar and making sure I'm, you know, ending on the right letter, depending on what case I'm using. 
So instead yeah. of like thinking about what words I should be using next <laughs> or how to actually say like say a sentence, I'm thinking about the grammar and then I get all <laughs> mixed up. Yeah, and... flustered. The grammar is tricky though. Yeah, oh, it's super it's, tricky. It's so tricky. So good luck. <laughs> good on you for trying. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I wanted to get back to Nala's then just one more time. Mm -hmm. um, you had 30 fun facts about you on there. And I was wondering yep. if you could just give us maybe two or three of your favorites. Oh, okay. As we wind down towards, <laughs> <laughs> towards the end here. Um, okay, let me think. Well, tying back to the whole Croatian roots and that, um, I absolutely love a type of homemade pasta called Jernovsky macaroni, which is from Korchula. So that's one fact. And, um, and Have you cooked what, it before? Have you made it? Uh, I haven't actually made Jernovsky macaroni. It's just a whole different ball game. You've got to really do it from scratch. And I've just, I think it's the confidence thing because I don't know if I'll ever be as good as like my grandmother or my great aunt. So I've just mm. got to put myself out there and give it a go. <laughs> yeah, you um, gotta try. You know, yeah, no one's cooking will be as good as your baba. Yeah, sure. that's that's the thing. But <laughs> so there's that. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, I also love dramatic arts and theatre. So I studied a bit at the National Institute of Dramatic Arts here in Sydney. Um, it's just, yeah. That's a fact. <laughs> then maybe three you said. So the third mm -hmm. fact would be that I was actually named Natalie after the um, actress Natalie Wood, which is like a classic mm. Hollywood actress. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's before before my time. I'm yeah, only 25. I, know. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm a bit into like the old, <laughs> old film. So <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> so that's uh, that. Very cool. Yeah, thank you for that. And, um, you know, Natalie, thank you again for coming on the podcast. Um, I'll have to check out your book, My Grandma is Like the Sea. And, of course, you know, we're going to wait for the sequel there. Yes. Um, you have your blog. You have the article on Croatia Week, 20 Teachings and Words of Wisdom from My Grandmothers. So for those listening, there's a lot to, um, to read. And, you know, thanks again for coming on. No worries at all. Thank you for your time, Stanko. I very much appreciate it. That's it for today's episode of the All Things Croatia podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you all enjoyed it. You can subscribe to the Patreon and check out the All Things Croatia Instagram page to stay updated. Feel free to reach out to me with any questions, tips, or ideas, and make sure to tune back in to the next episode. Thanks again, and vidimo se!